Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. Today, a deep dive into a 2020 election fraud court case going on right now that has produced actual forensic evidence and reports from voting machines in one county. The judge allowed an examination. It's a county that initially said Joe Biden won the election there, but that was ultimately reversed when it was learned that Donald Trump actually won there and that a lot of his votes had mistakenly been counted for Biden. How did that happen? And what does it say, if anything, about the case for national election fraud? When we're looking at allegations about 2020 election fraud, one company's name keeps coming up, Dominion Voting Systems, and a lot of false allegations were made about Dominion Voting Systems or unsupported allegations, as you may know. In fact, Newsmax, the TV news outlet, said in April that there was no evidence that Dominion Voting Systems and one of its top employees named Eric Coomer manipulated election results in the 2020 election. Newsmax put out a statement that was published online and it said, after these allegations had been made, Newsmax subsequently found no evidence that such allegations were true. The statement goes on to say, many of the states whose results were contested by the Trump campaign after the November 2020 election have conducted extensive recounts and audits and each of these states certified the results as legal and final. Now, Coomer had filed a defamation suit against the TV news outlet. And I believe Dominion and perhaps Coomer have filed suits against others. This was back in December, but the suit against Newsmax was withdrawn once Newsmax agreed to put out its statement. Dominion Voting has consistently said that it's the target of election disinformation that's intended to undermine the confidence of the 2020 election in terms of integrity And if you go to dominionvoting.com, you can see a lot of bullet points and facts that Dominion has put out. I'll read a couple of them here. And then after our interview, specific to Antrim County, Michigan, I'll read you some more about what Dominion has to say about that specific case. But in general, Dominion has said that it is a private company that provides voting systems in 28 states, both red and blue, and has supported tens of thousands of elections since 2003 in a nonpartisan fashion. Dominion says that all of its systems are capable of producing paper records and are 100% auditable with testing, reviews, audits, and recounts subject to oversight and verification by all political parties. All 2020 election audits and recounts using Dominion technology have validated the accuracy and reliability of results confirming the integrity of election outcomes. Dominion says baseless claims about the integrity of the system or accuracy of the results have been dismissed by election authorities, subject matter experts, and third-party fact-checkers. And a last major bullet point, malicious and misleading false claims about Dominion have resulted in dangerous levels of threats and harassment against the company and its employees, as well as election officials. Now, we are going to hear from Matthew DiPerno, an attorney in Antrim County, Michigan, which has been pursuing a court case alleging election fraud in that county in the 2020 elections. 
As a result of his lawsuit, he was granted access to data and the county's election computer system for forensic analysis. Today, he's going to tell us about the results and his allegations in reports that he's filed with the court. What's most interesting, I think, is he's going to give us the detailed pathology of how he says votes were fraudulently switched from Trump to Biden in Antrim County before that was caught and reversed. There's no dispute it happened, but the county has insisted it was an accident. DeParno says the forensics proved that it wasn't and that his team has been able to document alleged mischief such as someone remotely accessing the election system. So here's my interview with DePerno. I filed a lawsuit uh, in late November, around November 22nd, I believe it was, um, in Antrim County, Michigan. Uh, and the lawsuit uh, um, alleges uh, that uh, my client, Bill Bailey, that his constitutional rights were violated uh, in the election in Antrim County uh, because um, uh, the election uh, had many errors uh, and Michigan's constitution entitles uh, every citizen with the right, uh, right to um, have a fair and accurate election. And that's called the, the purity clause of the Michigan constitution. So we were challenging uh, down ballot races specifically, school board elections um, and state proposals and alleged that the errors that occurred in Antrim County uh, demonstrated that there was uh, manipulation of the vote through the Dominion voting system uh, because uh, Antrim County is historically a Republican county that goes 65% for the Republican. And in this year, Joe Biden won uh, by that exact same uh, percentage. He got 65% of the vote. Um, that has since been corrected, but at the time, there was a disparity that was not, uh, um, well, it didn't make any sense to people. Uh, we could not reconcile the results with the historic reality of the county. Uh, and since that time, we have put out now uh, many reports, uh, and the reports come from the fact that we uh, uh, collected forensic images of the election management system uh, from Antrim County. Uh, we collected those images on December 4th. Uh, and a forensic image is, uh, is a exact duplicate copy of the election system that sits on the desk in the county building. Uh, the election management system or the EMS is the brains of the election. Okay, just, is, just a minute, you're covering a lot of ground, which is good, but I wanted to um, back up for a second. When you mentioned that initially in Antrim County, which is a Republican county, Biden was the winner, but it has been since corrected. Can you give me just a tad more detail on that? Yeah, sure. So the the in um, on election night, the the way the vote uh, ended up uh, was uh, that uh, Joe Biden and 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 Antrim County is a a relatively small county, uh, so there are twenty two thousand registered voters, and uh, approximately sixteen thousand people voted in the election. Well, on election night, Joe Biden collected 7,000 
769 votes and Donald Trump got 4,509 votes. And that was clearly wrong. People knew it was wrong because it doesn't make sense with the history or the demographics of the county. Uh, and that's, that's what clued us in initially that there was an actual computer problem uh, that we thought at the time, we thought there was a computer problem that caused uh, votes to be flipped is, is a word that we've used from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. We've since learned exactly how that happened and how the fraud occurred. But initially, we, we didn't know what caused it, but we knew there was a problem. In short uh, order, how did you find, you say, the fraud that occurred? Like what, what had happened? Well, the, the, the court allowed us to collect a forensic image of uh, the Dominion voting system on the election management system. Without that, we never would have learned uh, how the system works, um, how the programming works, how the ballots are mapped, and how all of that affects the actual vote count. Um, so that was instrumental in our understanding of the system. And we've, we've now spent seven months studying those forensic images, learning uh, how the system works and how it operates and how it interacts with the actual ballot, the paper ballot that's put into the tabulator, how that tabulator converts that ballot to data and how the system then uh, reports the results uh, from the tabulator back to the election management system and then how that system reports the results to the state of Michigan. Okay, but uh, before you looked at that, Antrim County reversed the results and acknowledged that Trump Trump actually won. Did they do that on their own without admitting fraud, or did they admit there there was fraud? Well, they did a they did a retabulation on November fifth, um, and the, the un, interestingly, those results were still wrong. Um, the The vote count actually went up from sixteen thousand votes to eighteen thousand fifty nine votes. So somehow in that retabulation, they added an extra 2,000 votes. Um, and they had to redo it again on November 21st. And it's at that time that they claim that they got the vote count correct. And, and the November 21st uh, results are what the county certified. Um, and at that time, uh, Joe Biden got 5,960 votes and Donald Trump got 9,748 votes. And those were the certified results. So that's hugely uh, different. Did they just say there was a glitch? Yeah, they said there was a glitch and they called it human error. The Secretary of State in Michigan uh, stated that this was the safest election in the history of the country. Um, and they blamed everything on human error. Uh, and the explanation is that they programmed um, two of the uh, two of the fifteen um, townships in Antrim County incorrectly, and that because they programmed those two elections incorrectly, uh, the results were not tabulated correctly, uh, and that was simply they claimed a human error. Uh, that's the explanation. They said you don't need to look any further. We did look further and found out that their explanation in the end 
did not match with the actual forensic images uh, and their explanation did not match uh, when we actually uh, ran a mock election um, using their theory. Uh, the results didn't work out the way they claimed it would work out. Uh, so we knew their explanation's wrong. We know it's not human error. What this was, was actually an intentional programming problem and a subversion of the actual election. Um, and I can get into that to explain to you what that means uh, when I say subversion of the election. Well, first of all, were you able to find out who did it? Can you tell based on the forensic imaging that you have? No, we, we don't know who did it. We know someone did it, but we don't know who exactly, and there's a re reason for that. First, um, the county clerk, Cheryl Guy, um, instructed her staff to delete uh, the log files from the computer system on November 4th uh, at 11.03 p.m. Is that, uh, is that a legal order? I thought all this stuff is supposed to be preserved for a period of time after an election. Yeah, it's definitely illegal. Uh, she cannot do that. Um, uh, both she and the county and the Secretary of State uh, for, for several months actually denied that anyone deleted any uh, files from the system. Uh, but then in uh, April, uh, the secretary, or I'm sorry, the county clerk finally admitted during a uh, a county commissioner meeting, uh, she admitted that she instructed her staff to delete those files, which was a remarkable admission, um, and which we have video of because it was the a Zoom recorded county commissioner uh, meeting. But she claimed she did it in order to because she had to. Uh, properly count the uh, the ballots. That was the explanation, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and we also now know, uh, and this was a report we just put out um, late last evening, uh, we know that on November 5th and on November 17th, uh, uh, someone, an anonymous user, uh, remotely connected to the election management system and made modifications to the uh, programming for the election uh, and made modifications to the compact flashcards um, and uh, did that in order to actually subvert the results uh, of the election. Uh, because remember on November 5th, um, there was a uh, retabulation and on November 21st, there was another uh, correction in the vote count. Um, and we were able to see in the images, the forensic images, that this anonymous user uh, remotely accessed the system um, and was given elevated uh, uh, privileges in the system. Uh, and an anonymous user should not, number one, be able to access the system remotely. Uh, and even if they did, they should not be given elevated privileges within the system. Uh, but but they, they were. Um, and, and keep in mind, all of this stuff I'm telling you is actual real evidence that we've obtained by looking at the forensic images and being able to understand what happened, looking at the log files to see what happened, 
and reporting that back to the court uh, as to what we found. So before you move ahead, as you get these reports, are you filing intermittent filings with the court that says what you found, or is it all going to be presented at a jury trial? How is this going to work? No, we, we've given the court um, all of these reports, and so far, uh, this amounts to, uh, I have to add them up here, there are um, 9, 10, 11, 13, uh, 15 different reports so far that we've filed with the court um, showing our results of actual studies and testing and mock elections that we run on the, the machines uh, using the forensic images and using only uh, what is available to us on the uh, forensic image system that we have. Um, we're not using third-party programs. We're not buying programs. We're not manipulating anything. We simply boot this uh, election management system as though we are sitting in the county building and sitting at their desktop. Uh, we boot it up and we are able to program cards and run elections just like we were sitting in their office. And is the purpose of filing these reports with the court to convince the court to allow you to have access to other evidence or what? Well, it's, it's to convince the court that fraud actually occurred uh, in this election. And if fraud occurred in the election, the court has to hear our client's claims because our client is making the allegation that his civil rights were violated and his constitutional rights were violated and that the Secretary of State and the county violated the purity of election clause uh, within the Constitution when they manipulated and subverted the election. Uh, that's the argument we've made. Um, we, you know, at this point, however, uh, two weeks ago, the court dismissed our case, uh, claiming that uh, my client uh, is not entitled to any relief uh, under the Michigan Constitution. Um, and so yesterday we filed a motion for reconsideration uh, because he's, he's simply wrong in his decision. Um, and we provided him yesterday with uh, five new uh, expert reports that show him exactly why he's wrong. Now he, in his filing, did he say that, did he basically discount your evidence or say that not commenting on your evidence regardless, there's not damage proved or a violation proved to your client. No, he actually did comment on our evidence. He stated that there was evidence um, and seemed to indicate that he'd like to look at the evidence because he believed that there was certainly and definitely a problem with the election. However, the Michigan Constitution states uh, and this was an amendment in 2018 to the Constitution in Michigan, it states that anyone who votes in the election is entitled to have an audit of the statewide election results. Uh, and that's the language he's looking at. Um, the Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, um, who is a defendant in this case, and that's important, she declared that she has done an audit already. And she's put out multiple press releases actually claiming that she's done 
256 statewide audits uh, of the Michigan election. Now, all of that is false, mind you. She has not done one single uh, audit uh, of the election. What she's done is cherry picked uh, 18,000 ballots to look at across the state. Um, you know, out of millions of ballots, she's looked at 18,000 and somehow concluded that she's done 256 audits. Well, none of it's true, uh, but the judge said uh, that because the Secretary of State has declared in press releases that she's conducted an audit, she has therefore satisfied the constitutional requirement, giving my client an audit, and therefore there's no other relief that the court can grant to my client. Well, the strange thing about that is if um, the people involved in alleged fraud are the ones who are conducting you know, the, the look back and the audits, obviously that does no good. In fact, I found a case that I had published on in the last six months that occurred elsewhere where there was a conviction, it was not in the 2020 presidential race, but there was a conviction of an election fraud scheme whereby bribes had taken place and the recounts were also fraudulent because the person in charge of the recounts was part of the fraudulent scheme. I mean, it's sort of obvious to say, but it sounds like it's almost a catch-22, at least in the judge's view, under the Michigan Constitution. Well, I mean, it is, I don't think it's a catch-22, but it, it should be obvious to anyone to understand uh, that you can't have the person accused of fraud conducting the in investigation in order to determine that they didn't commit fraud. Um, but nevertheless, uh, he also, the judge also just simply accepted her statement that came out in a press release, which by the way is hearsay and should not have been considered by the judge anyway. But nevertheless, he considered her own press releases as evidence that she conducted an audit without ever actually analyzing what she's actually done and whether what she done was whether what she did was an audit because i can tell you what she did came nowhere close to to meeting uh, the definition of an audit and we know what the definition is because the secretary of state publishes um, a manual uh, on post-election audits. And she defines what post-election audits look like. Uh, and she came nowhere close to doing anything within her own published document. But the court never looked at any of that. He simply accepted her statement at face value that she conducted an audit. If the judge denies your motion to reconsider, well, by the way, do you know when that might be? When he no, we filed it yesterday, so I don't know when he will rule on that. Um, typically in Michigan, uh, there is no hearing on a motion for re reconsideration unless the judge decides to have a hearing. Uh, and the other side uh, is not entitled to a reply. The judge simply looks at the motion and will make a decision at some point. Um, and there's no time limit for, uh, prescribed in the Michigan court rules. And then is but there could, grounds for appeal to a different court if you don't get what you want from this judge? Oh, absolutely. There's there's many levels of our appeal that we would take in this case. 
because the judge ignored uh, um, other claims that we had made, didn't rule on other claims that we had made, simply dismissed the case by claiming that there's no relief that can be given to my client. Uh, in other words, he's saying that our case is moot, um, which is which is simply not true. It, it can't be moot under any standard when you consider that the allegation in the complaint is that fraud occurred in the election and that my client uh, is entitled to equal protection under the Constitution. Uh, that is simply a claim that's never moot uh, in an election case. So if... Um... This case is about the local issues, the down ballot races, as you said. Clearly though, it impacts or potentially impacts what we know about the national race with the votes having changed already between Biden and Trump in that county. But is, is that the purpose of your case? Did you file against the, the county because you wanted to get at the national issue? And this is one way to do it because really there haven't been successful court challenges um, of this nature that I know of besides this one or the ones that have continued, not that yours is successful yet. Um, is that the goal or was that the goal? Well, it's an, it's an outlying goal, certainly, because we wanted to, uh, we, have, we, uh, we have several goals. One of them uh, is to to preserve history, really, to make people understand and be aware of what actually happened and how the vote was uh, manipulated in this election. Um, there are issues in our case related to how the presidential election was counted, how the Senate race was counted. If you remember in Michigan, John James lost. Um, we believe he lost because of uh, these uh, computer problems and vote manipulation. He's the and, Republican. Yeah, yeah, he was the Republican. And other Republicans lost down ballot also uh, as a result of these computer problems and vote manipulation. Have those races been fixed or just the presidential race in Antrim County? Uh, just the presidential race. That, that's interesting because they have not looked at any other down ballot races. Uh, they've not corrected anything down ballot at all. Um, and, and the court did not allow us to look at down ballot races, uh, which we thought was also a wrong decision because we specifically alleged in our complaint that there was problems with down ballot races. Um, and I can tell you exactly how the vote uh, was uh, manipulated in Antrim County. And this would, uh, you can extrapolate that this is how the vote is manipulated uh, in the rest of Michigan and throughout the country. Um, there's, there's the ability to um, change uh, the coding on the election when you program the compact flashcard. Um, and to back up, I, I probably need to explain how an election is actually run on these machines. Um, the, the election is programmed onto a, a flashcard at the county building using the election management system. That flashcard then is delivered to the local uh, townships or precincts. They load that flashcard into their tabulator and boot up the election. Then people come into that uh, precinct and run their ballots through the tabulator. The tabulator then uh, 
collects those votes and prints off a paper tape at the end of the evening, at the end of the election. Um, and then those that tape and the flashcard is delivered back to the county building for uh, countywide tabulation and then delivering the vote to the state of Michigan. The county board of canvassers will then look at that paper tape that's printed out of the tabulator and compare that tape to the poll pad. And if the numbers match up, meaning the numbers of people who voted on the paper tape and the number of people who voted on the poll pad, then they'll certify the election. And what we've been able to show is that you can manipulate the vote at the tabulator. So where the incorrect results are printed off on the actual paper tape that have that don't match the actual um, paper ballots. Uh, and that was a, a shocking discovery to, to show that we can manipulate the vote at the paper tape. And then we were able to show that we can manipulate the vote in the transfer from the tabulator back to the election management system, where those results also don't match the paper ballots. Uh, and then no one would ever know that election fraud occurred because they simply look at the uh, uh, paper tapes. And we did, did a video on this and it's up on my website for anyone who wants to take a look at that video to see how we actually uh, showed and proved that you could manipulate the vote at the tabulator level. What is uh, your website? depernolaw.com. D-E-P-E-R-N-O. Okay. Law.com. Yes. After a short break, DePerno tells us exactly how he says the vote manipulation occurred. Tasks, deadlines, and projects. What if your teams had a tool that brought everything together? Trello is the project management tool that powers collaboration for over 2 million teams across the globe, including 80% of Fortune 500s. Trello brings teams together by tracking daily to-dos and provides a high-level view across projects and teams. From product development and design to support and production, Trello helps all teams move their work forward together. Thousands of IT admins around the world trust Trello to keep their work safe. With Trello, your teams will have access to hundreds of top-tier integrations they can rely on. A big reason why Trello is top-rated for employee satisfaction. It's where companies do their best work. Trello for enterprise. Learn more by visiting trello.com slash for enterprise. That's T-R-E-L-L-O dot com slash for enterprise. We're back with more of my interview with Matthew DePerno, a constitutional attorney in Antrim County, Michigan. So here's how the manipulation actually occurred. The program, when they programmed the compact flashcards, they simply programmed the card to say that any vote uh, for Jorgensen would be counted for Trump. Any vote for Trump would be counted for Joe Biden. And any a vote for Joe Biden uh, would be counted as an undervote. Undervotes would then go to adjudication. And essentially, in the adjudication process, Joe Biden would get his votes back. Uh, so Joe Biden got his own votes, and he got Donald Trump's votes. And Jorgensen's votes went to Donald Trump. That's how the votes moved. That was the actual shift. And we saw that that was done through actually programming of the election. 
uh, it wasn't human error. It wasn't a mistake. It was real programming. But if that's uh, the case, why didn't um, Biden win all the votes? Um, how do you mean? Why didn't he win all the votes? Well, if you were saying that votes for Trump went to Biden and votes for Biden ultimately went to Biden, wouldn't he have all the votes? He would if you programmed every precinct that way. Gotcha. And not every precinct was programmed that way. Only nine out of 15 were programmed uh, uh, in this way uh, to subvert the election or programmed dirty, as we say. The other uh, precincts, the other six precincts were programmed correctly. And that's significant because what it shows us is that's how you move a county from deep red to pink. Um, and we see that throughout the results of this election. Uh, in the state of Michigan, um, there's 83 counties. Uh, I think there are 76 that are red counties. Um, and they all moved 5% uh, from Donald Trump to Joe Biden in this last election. Statistically, there was a shift that moved those counties from red to pink. And then the, the media narrative was, well, people just didn't like voting for Donald Trump anymore. Um, and that's why there's a shift of the demographics. But what we see is it's not actually a shift in the demographics. It's a programming issue that actually shaves that percentage of votes from uh, Donald Trump, transfers them to Joe Biden and gives the impression that there's a 5% shift. Uh, but it's being done through vote manipulation um, of specific townships within counties, not all townships, but certain specific targeted townships. So when you allege that this is sort of a template for what happened in other precincts and states and across the country, what makes you think that? Because we studied other counties within the state of Michigan also. And does that imply there is somebody at a national level or a foreign actor? I mean, you're not alleging who exactly did it, but it would seem that you're alleging there would be a national conspiracy of some kind of people who were able to do this and get this sort of access, forensic experts, I suppose, that were tasked with doing such a thing. Well, first, it, it, this doesn't have to be a lot of people. It can be a very few number of people who do this because um, the, voting, the voting machines uh, or the voting machine companies, I should say, um, for instance, Dominion Voting Machine subcontracts with a company called Election Source. Uh, Election Source is a company out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and their job is to program the election and map the ballots. They handle approximately 2,300 elections across the country. Um, if they want to, they can easily program dirty cards that are sent to the county, then delivered to the precincts. And no one at the county or precinct would ever know about that. Um, remember, they simply look at their uh, tape that comes out of the tabulator. They never compare the tape to the actual ballots. They only compare the tape to the poll pad, which gives them the number of voters. And if the number of voters match up, they certify the election. So you don't need a large number of people uh, to manipulate 
a national election. You simply need a few bad actors who work for these election companies and they would program cards uh, incorrectly. Or uh, the other way to do that is that you could say that those election companies um, uh, program clean cards, but then they're accessed remotely uh, by a bad actor um, and uh, the coding is changed uh, through the election management system, which is what we believe happened uh, in Antrim County because we now have undisputed proof that uh, someone uh, remotely, anonymously, uh, and remotely accessed the election management system on November 5th and November 17th uh, in Antrim County. Is there anybody in a prosecutorial position that would or should be interested in the forensic evidence that you've collected separate from the suit that you're pursuing? Uh, there is. Uh, number one, we've turned over information to the local county prosecutor. Um, unfortunately, we believe he's receiving political pressure um, and uh, is simply stalling the investigation. Um, uh, otherwise, he should have convened a grand jury by now and, and brought charges because we know we now have an admission from the county clerk that she um, instructed her staff to delete files. And we now have actual forensic data that shows that uh, a anonymous user remotely accessed the system. Uh, that's significant because we've already turned over to the local prosecutor uh, evidence that uh, someone within a county building left their computer on uh, overnight on November 3rd uh, intentionally with an open VPN port. Uh, so we'd always thought that someone uh, had the ability to remotely access the system. Uh, we've now found that evidence and uh, submitted that to the court. Uh, so the other person that could bring charge would be uh, the state attorney general. Uh, they, uh, that person could convene a grand jury as well. But in Michigan, that person is Dana Nessel. She's actually the attorney for Secretary of State, state Benson in our case. So she's going to have zero willingness to pursue sue any uh, uh, criminal investigation uh, in this state. And actually, she continues to run with the, the false narrative that there was no election fraud at all. Um, the other people that should be interested are the FBI and the DOJ, uh, but so far they haven't returned uh, any of my phone calls uh, regarding any of our evidence. They don't wanna meet with me. Um, and we probably all know why the DOJ and the FBI want nothing to do with this because they're being instructed, I believe by uh, the White House currently to not investigate these allegations. Uh, so right now we're, we're stuck in a place where we have no one uh, who's willing to actually convene a grand jury and conduct an investigation. At least no one within Antrim County that's being honest with us and no one at the state level. Although we are working with some other counties that may be uh, convening grand juries in the near future. Dominion, the voting systems company, has filed some big lawsuits against people that they claim have defamed them or put forward a lot of disinformation and misinformation. A um, couple of questions. Are they represented in court 
are any of your allegations against them and do they have they made any responses? Uh, well, we've certainly made allegations against them, but they're not part of our case and have never intervened or made any responses in our case. Uh, they have sent me uh, two threatening letters, cease and desist letters, threatening to file a lawsuit against me. Uh, but I, I see no basis for that uh, because everything we put out and what we talk about is directly related to our evidence. Um, we don't talk about things that we cannot support. We don't talk about theories that we haven't proven. Um, we talk about things that are backed up by actual forensic evidence. And everything we talk about is put into a court file um, uh, in this case. So you wouldn't hear me on any program talking about um, theories that, that uh, first, that we don't believe, uh, or theories that we can't prove. Uh, everything we talk about is verified uh, by our uh, expert witnesses. And you've made allegations, but you have not said you know, and you told me you don't, you don't know, um, that Dominion or somebody there is responsible for what the, the fraud you say you've uncovered. Is that right? That's right. We don't know uh, specifically that uh, what Dominion did and what they didn't do. Uh, we simply... Uh, know what the facts are. And we don't assign motive to them and we don't, uh, uh, we don't even care about motivation. Um, all we care about is what they do uh, and what evidence we have. What we know is that John Polis, the CEO for Dominion testified before the Michigan Oversight, uh, Senate Oversight Committee. Uh, and he stated uh, that these machines do not connect to the internet. Um, that was a false statement. They do connect to the internet. Uh, and we see purchase orders across the state of Michigan with these counties um, where they uh, routinely purchased from Dominion Voting System uh, USB external modems that connect to the tabulators. So when he made that statement, that was entirely false. And the Michigan Senate should have uh, called him out on that lie, but they didn't. And they didn't because they, frankly, they weren't prepared uh, properly to question uh, the Dominion CEO. Uh, well, but it's, it's things... entirely, I'll, I'll insert here, it's entirely possible for the sake of argument that if what you say is true, the CEO himself doesn't have or didn't have that level of briefing or detail, whether you think he should have or not, um, you know, making that, I'm making that argument here for obvious reasons to make sure that we, and I'll try to do this before and or after the interview, represent their views as well. And that same official in the hearing, I also think when he was questioned about what details he could know about certain things that could happen, he acknowledged there's some things, of course, they don't know as the machine operator and that the, the remedy was um, the sorts of audits and forensic lookbacks that it sounds like you're trying to do now. He said that's, that's always a resource available to anybody who wonders if anything happened. Well, 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 certainly, I think that he, I mean, we, we can go off what he says, and, you, and you're correct, he says he doesn't have that level of knowledge. Frankly, I don't believe that to be true. Um, I think he does have that level of knowledge, and he certainly knows uh, that, that machines they sell are capable of connecting to the internet, and he should uh, uh, have the level of knowledge to know uh, that his company sold external USB modems throughout the state of Michigan. Uh, 
if he doesn't know that, I, I would say that he's negligent or derelict in his actual operation. And coming to the, the Senate Oversight Committee to testify, if he's the person that they designate to testify about what happened in Michigan, he should be briefed on everything related to Michigan, because uh, that's how you prepare your client for testimony. You, you brief them on what they should know and what they'd anticipate to be asked. He should have known that he would have been asked about external connections, external modems and internet access. Uh, and when he came to the committee and testified that they don't connect to the internet uh, or that he had no knowledge that they did, that I believe would be a false statement or at the very least, least uh, a failure to properly be prepared uh, for his testimony. Just the details of what you say you found are pretty stunning. I mean, these are the sorts of things that some have feared have happened in other places and others have claimed could not possibly have happened or are just conspiracy theories. As you started to look at the forensics with your experts, was there sort of a like, wow, this, this really happened. You weren't sure you were gonna be able to actually see evidence of it, or did you have the sense going in that if you were allowed to look at the forensics, you would find something like that? Well, we didn't know what we would find. Um, we simply knew that there was a problem and we were open to any explanation the state or the county could give us. Um, and we didn't discount out of hand their explanation that this was human error. So that's why we tested their theory they actually gave us a roadmap of how this happened. Um, they have their own expert witness who laid it out and step-by-step step told us what happened. When we tested his theory, it didn't work out the way he said it would. Um, so forensically, his statements and his instructions to us were incorrect. Uh, and that's why we concluded that the, the uh, election was actually subverted because we found the subversion this is ironic. We found the subversion within the code using the very explanation their expert gave us to, to track or run a, a mock election. Again, his explanation didn't work out. We knew it didn't work out because we found the subversion uh, that, that uh, allowed the election to continue when, uh, according to his theory, the machine should have shut down um, when we actually mapped out his explanation. They didn't because they coded into the, the system a subversion that allowed the election to continue. I can go into more detail about that if you want. Um, but the again, we were open to any explanation as to what happened. And all we did uh, at that point was just start to study the system, start to study the coding, and run mock elections in order to start to fully understand how the system works. What we found then was just simply what the evidence showed us um, as to how the election works. We found, uh, certainly initially, we found uh, back doors um, and, and critical uh, security problems within the system. And initially what we were reporting was what could happen, right, uh, within the system. We found exploits uh, and problems that could lead to problems if you had a bad actor. But initially we didn't, we didn't sort of have that link where you could then say, okay, we found a problem. 
uh, or an exploit, but did it actually happen? And that was criticism we received. As we continued to test on the machines, we started to close uh, those loops uh, and show that no, they weren't just exploits that could cause problems, but they were actual problems that actually happened. And I'll give you one clear example of that. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, throughout the election uh, that stray marks on a ballot could cause errors, right? You've heard that? Yep. Um, and errors send a ballot to adjudication. Uh, and a lot of people had the theory uh, that black Sharpie markers uh, were used on ballots in order to actually send a ballot to adjudication. Those ballots would, would uh, compile within the system throughout the night, and then someone would mass adjudicate ballots for Joe Biden. We've all heard that theory, right? Yes. Um, and that's certainly possible because we found that there's certainly an exploit uh, to do that. We found ways where we can uh, uh, mark a ballot with a Sharpie marker, uh, cause an error on the ballot, uh, send it to adjudication, and then vote that ballot for Joe Biden in adjudication, even if it was originally voted for Donald Trump. So that was a theory that people had, and it's a theory we tested. We've actually shown now, uh, we've proven that that's not just a theory. Um, in Antrim County, in certain precincts, three precincts out of 15, um, we found actual manipulation of the ballots to send them to adjudication. And what I mean by that, picture an actual ballot in your mind. You know that on both sides of the ballot, there's uh, a number of black boxes, right? Yes. Um, the ballots actually surface, you know, everywhere around the ballot, top, bottom, left, right, there's these black boxes that make it look like a Scantron type sheet. And it is because those black boxes contain coding and that coding tells the tabulator uh, or the scanner what to do with your ballot. And it, it's those ballots are mapped specifically to those black boxes. If you vote for Donald Trump, those black boxes tell the tabulator, you voted for Donald Trump, count your ballot for Donald Trump. But you can reprogram those black boxes to say, if, if, the, if the, the marking is for Donald Trump, well, that really is a vote for Joe Biden. You can simply program out of the mapping. Um, and in this case, uh, in the Antrim County ballots, there's 59 black boxes on the left side and 59 black boxes on the right side. And what we were able to show, because, and this is just forensic analysis, because we, we see this within the actual forensic data, um, we show that the, those markings along the edges of the ballots showed modifications on blocks 15, 18, 28, 41, and 44. In other words, those black boxes did not conform to the correct height and shape of the, the box um, they were modified by uh, uh, either pencils or pens uh, uh, physically on the ballots. Um, so they were tampered with. Uh, we found that on those specific uh, boxes. And we said they're tampered or modified with either a pen or some other marker to distort the shape of the block and make the ICP reverse the ballot instead of processing it, processing it normally. Uh, and that's the, 
that's what's so important about having forensic images. No one else has them in the country. Uh, so we can test these theories that people have. Uh, in some cases, we may prove a theory incorrect or unsubstantiated. In other cases, we can prove not only that it's possible, but that it actually happened. Uh, so that happened in this case. And when you modify these specific boxes, 15, 18, 28, 41, and 44, you cause errors um, and you cause ballots that are specifically voted Republican to be rejected. Um, those boxes don't cause rejections when you vote for Joe Biden. The machine takes it if you modify those boxes. Got you. But if you modify those boxes and vote Republican, you get an error. The machine kicks your ballot out uh, and then they go to adjudication. You are an attorney, obviously, and I don't know, do they call that an officer of the court, something like that? When you file your filings, what would happen to you if you knowingly filed something that's false? And I'm trying to get at the fact that your evidence to me carries more weight than just evidence that's presented in, in a vacuum or outside of a courtroom setting because you're held by professional standards, are you not? Oh, I am. I'm, I'm held by professional standards. And, and certainly if I knowingly presented false evidence to the court, I could be sanctioned. I could lose my law license. I could be uh, uh, investigated by the Michigan State Bar. All of those bad things could happen. Uh, and certainly I'm not going to put my law license and my career at risk uh, uh, for by presenting false evidence to the court. I've, I've never done that before. I never would do it. Uh, you got to also keep in mind that I didn't need to do this case. It's not like I needed it for any reason. I had a comfortable existence you know, practicing constitutional law here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, without any fanfare or uh, um, or problems. Um, you know, I, I fell into this case through a series of circumstances, and here we are. Uh, but it's not for financial gain or anything like that that I took this case. Um, and I, I don't know any, uh, at least in my circles that I run with, attorneys who would... Uh, falsify evidence uh, for any reason, because the risk is too great to lose your license and your livelihood for the future uh, over a case. So that's why we uh, and the attorneys that, that, that work with me, we're very conscious of that issue. And we don't put out anything uh, and don't give anything to the court that hasn't been tested two and three times. Um, and people don't understand that or know that in particular, and people don't understand that we've been given, you know, other leads and other theories by people, some prominent people who would like us to dump uh, their theories into our case. Um, we don't do any of that unless we've tested those theories uh, and verified them two and three times from uh, different sources that they could be correct. Um, we have a group of investigators who do investigations for our team. Everything is vetted. We don't stick affidavits into our file that haven't been verified. And those people haven't been vetted. It's just not the way we practice. So are, are you and or your client 
Donald Trump supporters? I can't answer that for my client, actually, because um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I know that he, uh, I would say that he is a registered Republican, um, but his goal, as he's always defined it to me, has always been uh, to ensure that uh, everyone's vote counts and that we can feel safe voting on these machines. You know, I, I would say that because he's a registered Republican, I assume he voted for Donald Trump and not Joe Biden, right? Um, but, you know, I, for myself, um, you know, I'm a registered Republican also. Um, I certainly like Donald Trump more than Joe Biden. I didn't vote for Joe Biden. I think what he's doing to the country is pretty awful right now. Um, but also my interest is not in any way connected to Donald Trump. I don't represent him. I have no nothing to gain financially seeing Donald Trump succeed one way or the other. My interest in this case uh, is from a constitutional perspective and, and, and how far we're willing to go um, to violate the constitution and what it means. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of Republicans out there that don't like Donald Trump. We can agree on that, right? Yes. Um, there's a lot of Republicans who think he's too brash. They don't like his tweets. He's not presidential enough for them. Uh, and they, they're willing to see him removed from office uh, at any cost. And Democrats are the same. They just despise Donald Trump. So if you're from that standpoint and you look at voting as a constitutional right, um, how far are you willing to go to make sure Donald Trump is removed from office through a fraudulent voting system? And what does that do to our country afterward? If we're willing to concede on the issue that the ends justify the means and Donald Trump should remove because he's not likable, and we're willing to do that through a fraudulent election, and some Republicans are willing to buy into that theory, uh, what are we left with in the end? Once we allow a subversion of an election just to get rid of someone, we, we still have a problem in the end. And I would submit we have a bigger problem now than we did before if we allow our, our constitutional interpretation to be subjected to that type of illegal scrutiny. Now, what does Dominion have to say specifically about Antrim County? Will it put out a statement that you can see again at dominionvoting.com on April 29th of this year that's titled about the debunked Antrim County Forensic Audit Report. And it says a hand count of paper ballots in Antrim County verify the accuracy of election results for the 2020 election, thereby refuting viral claims from a severely flawed report alleging that Dominion voting system software used in the county was, quote, intentionally and purposefully designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. Dominion goes on to say, this report contributed to the ongoing malicious and widespread disinformation campaign aimed at eroding confidence in the results of the 2020 presidential election. Its claims about massive fraud 
were produced by a biased, non-independent organization called Allied Security Operations Group. The report was immediately flagged by Michigan's chief state election official and attorney general as lacking credibility following its release. It goes on to make several fact checks, which I will read. Dominion says, an independent state analysis report has thoroughly debunked the flawed ASOG referenced report and demonstrated its clear lack of credible statistical analysis and a general lack of understanding regarding voting systems technology. A Michigan Secretary of State press release adds that the analysis affirmed there was no credible evidence the Dominion system was deliberately designed to induce errors and found the Allied Security Operations Group report contained an extraordinary number of false, inaccurate, or unsubstantiated statements. Another fact check from Dominion. The origin of the ASOG report tracks to founder Russ Ramslin, a deep state conspiracy theorist who mistook locations in Minnesota for Michigan jurisdictions and falsely claimed in an affidavit that voter turnout in Detroit was 139% and turnout in North Muskegon was an eye-popping 781%. In reality, turnout was about 50% and 78% respectively. The state of Michigan's December 2020 audit, says Dominion, verified the county's presidential election results in which Donald Trump beat Joe Biden by nearly 3,800 votes. A core issue behind the disinformation aimed at Antrim County was confirmed to be human error in reporting unofficial election results, which was immediately corrected by the county. Dominion says Dominion, the state of Michigan, and the state's independent expert have debunked claims about adjudication made by ASOG's team, all noting that Antrim County does not perform digital adjudication of ballots. The county manually reviews paper ballots. The state analysis adds the 68% system error rate claim is meaningless. The warning messages relate to benign instances where ballots did not feed into the scanner correctly and were ejected, reversed for the voter to try again. And these last two fact check points... Dominion says in a court filing, the director of Michigan's Bureau of Elections stated that the ASOG report makes a series of unsupported conclusions, ascribes motives of fraud and obfuscation to processes that are easily explained as routine election procedures or error corrections, and suggests without explanation that elements of election software not used in Michigan are somehow responsible for tabulation or reporting errors that are either non-existent or easily explained. Lastly, Dominion Voting System CEO John Poulos refuted the report's flawed claims under oath and testimony before Michigan's Senate Oversight Committee December 15, 2020, noting Michigan doesn't use ranked choice voting, Antrim County does not use modems, there was no digital adjudication of votes in Antrim County, no votes were switched by software glitches in Antrim County, Antrim County has a paper ballot record for every vote cast on a Dominion machine. And if you'd like to see the testimony from Dominion CEO, they have that posted too at dominion.com. You can click on to a link and watch the hearing video to the Michigan Senate. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, that you will leave a great review for it, share it with your friends, and check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, and all the Just the News podcasts, wherever you like to listen. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself. All right, folks, all of you know the story about my crick in my neck and how I bought a MyPillow a few years ago, and all of a sudden, my neck just healed up. In fact, 
the orthopedist couldn't figure out what the heck had John done. I, it was simple. I just bought one of Mike Lindell's pillows, and I all of a sudden found I wasn't sleeping right on my pillow. Mike's pillows did the trick. Well, guess what? He's done it again. He's got something new. He's now introducing his new My Slippers. You want the best slipper ever, the best foot experience late at night? Well, Mike has got. He took over two years to develop this. He designed it to wear this slipper indoor and outdoor all day long. It's comfortable. It's durable. It's made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue in the slipper. And it's made with quality leather suede. They look good. They feel good. They wear good. For a limited time now, Mike is offering 50% off his new My Slippers. You will also receive a free book with any purchase. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you'll want to get some for the whole family. It's a great gift, especially heading into Springtown. So here, here's what you do. You go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's easy to remember, right? The promo code JUSTNEWS and you will get deep discounts on all the MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and of course, the MyPillow towel set. And don't forget, y'all want those my slippers. You gotta have them, they're incredible. Here's another way you can take advantage of this. You can call 800-951-3715 and use the promo code Just News when someone picks up. Call 800-951-3715, use the promo code Just News. Pretty simple stuff for the best slipper sheet pillow experience of your life.